Have you ever noticed the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Some of you may know me from my career in the distilled spirits industry as the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana. An industry, as I see it, more than just a little influenced by the occult and the work of opening doors and capturing essences. Here, you'll see another side of what I do and how I'm influenced by such experiences. Here, myself and occasionally friends will share first-hand accounts, stories shared with us, for tea and news, interviews, and a healthy dose of history and speculation. Settle in for the ride and enjoy. Perhaps that movement you saw out of the corner of your eye was more than just a shadow. Perhaps that weight on your shoulder, a bit more than fatigue. I've lived my whole life like this. Perceptive of those things that might be viewed by the less aware amongst us as simple circumstances, magic thinking, or even make-believe. Anticipating with the many ups and downs of my own perception, I have anxiously awaited the more positive of those experiences, dreading those of a darker caliber. I believe from societal observation in recent years that others are becoming acutely aware of the currently scientifically unmeasurable world that surrounds us. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. Join us as we take a hard left into the heath and the heather. Join us as we call out into the void, as the veil frays at the edges, and recall, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey guys, Alan Bishop back, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest, here with a very special offer for those of you who might be interested in producing your own spirits. So if you've been trying to learn what it takes to start making your own amazing spirits at home, but Google and YouTube just leave you with more questions, does it feel like you don't even know where to start? Well, my buddy Cyrus Mason of Still in the Clear has got you covered with a brand new program he calls the Moonshiners Academy. Moonshiners Academy courses are designed to take you from start to finish in an organized process that guarantees success. Learn quickly and effectively with their progressive step-by-step -step methods. The very first Moonshiners Academy course has been launched. Become a Moonshiner and make your first batch of shine today by checking out www.moonshinersacademy.com. Tailored to the first-time Shiner, starting with Module 1, choosing the right equipment, and moving you step-by-step step to the final module, blending and proofing your final spirit. A mix of video and audio lessons combined with downloadable worksheets, cheat sheets, and distiller's notes is why Moonshiners Academy courses guarantee your success. Their only one email guarantee is a 100% money-back refund that requires you to just send them an email saying you want your money back. They'll happily and promptly refund your full purchase price, plus your next course is on them. Make sure you go to moonshinersacademy.com today and sign up for the first course. If you use the special code ALAN20, A-L-A-N, all capital letters, 20, you'll get a 20% discount exclusive to listeners of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything, Distillers Talk, as well as viewers of the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. To take full advantage of this special opportunity from Moonshiners Academy, 
Be sure to go to the show notes wherever you get your podcast and click on our affiliate link. Once you get there, make sure that you use the code ALAN, A-L-A-N, all caps, 20, for your special discount. Basically, Andy and I have known each other, what, for mm, four uh, years? Four, four years now, yeah, sounds so, about right. Yep. I'll agree with that. Yeah, and so uh, uh, Andy is um, Jolie Kasperzak's, uh husband, um, who I worked with at Spirits of French Lick, and who's now over at uh, Potoka Lake Winery and uh, Old Homestead Distillery. And uh, Andy worked with me at Spirits of French Lick, got out of there, and um, went into the tax service industry, where he <laughs> is... Right. He's all about these 80,000 new IRS agents that are armed and pissed because they have nothing else to do for a living. That's right. And they're <laughs> they're coming for you. No, they're not coming for you. Uh, what they're going to do is they're going to answer phone calls and process like back taxes from two years that I can't get paid for clients. So they're going to make my life easier. Um, if they don't make your lives easier, well, then I tough shit, I guess walk it off <laughs> walk it you'll, off you'll live you might right. have less assets but you'll live there's no debtors prisons anymore kids yeah. you'll be you'll be okay you'll be okay <laughs> so uh when i first started talking about doing a uh, a paranormal podcast uh forever ago and never got around to actually figuring out how to do it andy was somebody i was talking to about possibly doing some episodes with and delving into some of this stuff because and correct me if i'm wrong andy but th that i know of I don't know that you have any personal experiences. It's just something that interests you, right? It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's always okay. been something that has intrigued me and interested me uh, since a young kid. And um, I think my dad had like some pirate box where we had Skinamax for free. And there was a movie on there called Communion. Uh, it was at a... Uh, like a dramatization of an abduction story by a guy named Whitley Strieber. And Christopher Walken was in it. And I think all told it was a god awful movie. But there was an abduction scene in that that like stuck into my head. It was like, oh no. So for like the first eight, nine years of my life, it petrified me. But it was also intriguing at the same time because, you know, it, it gets you thinking like, oh, what's out there? What else can, can, you know, can this universe hold that we haven't explored or, or even thought about yet? You know, what can't we fathom that's, that's going on? And, you know, I started, started reading a little bit about it when I was younger and had uh, the internet come online just at the perfect time for a little nerd like me to start chewing up everything that was out there about it. And, uh, didn't have to, to read too many books or spend spend time trying to track down stuff that libraries don't have or that bookstores don't really have, um, you know, which opens you up to some some weird and nefarious people who aren't putting the right kind of information out there. But at the same time, too, you know, it makes it so much easier to immerse yourself in that world or any world that you want to get immersed in at that point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and we both kind of have, you know, the same experience as far as that goes. You know, I've, I've had a lot of a lot of things that i've had happen to me but you know i've always also been interested in it and uh you know the internet was um that was a whole gateway right there for sure so yeah yeah um, and and you know you you do have to sift through the crap and and everybody out there can share their experiences yeah you never know and you know i've got you know two small experiences uh one was like last year 
I was driving down the main highway in town. Well, uh, hold, hold on just one second, Andy, yeah. before, before you even go into that. Uh, so right. because because I know you and I did a slide intro, but I want to make sure that everybody else has, has oh, okay. a little background on you. All right. All right. Well, I am from uh, from southern Indiana. I, Alan, like Alan said, I used to work at uh, at the, the Spirits of French Lick with him. I was the general manager of the bar, tasting bar, tasting room um and restaurant there and that was 25 years in restaurants for me by the time i was working there so yeah i changed industries i flipped it around i did the throw the spaghetti at the wall approach and i let's go see what i can do um and i have full support of my wonderful beautiful wife red jolie uh at the testarossa i think I got that right, right? Is that is that what it is? I also don't do social media. That's another thing that people should probably know about me. So like when this gets to the portion where Alan asks like, hey, Andy, tell people where they can find you. You fucking can't. So unless you need your taxes done. <laughs> and you have to have a large fleet of taxes and <laughs> buy a whole bunch of diesel fuel. And then we can talk. Right. You, you, can't, we you, can talk. you can't afford me. <laughs> right. Right. Unless, you know, you know. So, yes. yeah. Right. But that's uh, no. So it, it was it's been a good change for me to get out of doing that. But uh, yeah, you know, also working in, in restaurants has has brought uh, me a lot of time where uh, everybody else is off living their lives while I'm either working or, you know, they're working and I have all this free time. So I have time to go get into all the weird shit and, and look up all the weird shit and, and be the weirdo that I've always been. So that was a good way to spend most of my, you know, early life. Uh, but then you get older and we've been married about six years now uh, and together for like 10 and your life changes. And, and, you know, sometimes the bartender life and then the restaurant life in general, it's just not for you anymore. So I've been really fortunate to get out of that and get into what's called fuel tax recovery, which is um we have clients who have big fleets of vehicles usually like dump trucks and boom lifts and you know wood chippers and asphalt pavers and anything you can imagine that's uh made by caterpillar or john deere and anybody in between um and then we go through your fuel consumption records and see what we can find for you for fuel tax refunds at both the state and federal level so it's uh it's probably a good point to stop the podcast now because that's usually when I lose everybody who I tell what I do. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure that you're 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 not getting access to the uh, the fuel tax recovery from the federal government that might be fuels that we don't know about yet. But no, uh, no, I don't have any Element 117 or anything <laughs> like that. That, <laughs> that I haven't found a, a check a box for any forms on that one yet. No, but uh, yeah. I, I am trying to get miles into as much my our our 14 year old as much into the weird stuff too as possible and you know youtube's out there for him now too and they navigate that a whole different way than i do and sometimes he'll he'll show me some stuff and be like andy did you see this like no i have not seen that let's get weird little dude and we just got done watching all the uh all the paranormal activity movies and this it started hot and then by the last two we were like oh my god these suck now <laughs> damn it and, you know when you lose the 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 teenager who's all about like found footage and everything not being an actual movie or you know having to follow along with a storyline so much it's just like 88 second clips that they feed you uh you know you didn't do something right but yep. yeah, it was a good experience for us. And <laughs> we've watched a few like weird YouTube horror stories. Um, 
Marble Hornets was one of them. Um, he likes something like Mandela something. Not Mandela Effect, but it's like the Mandela tapes or something like that. But yeah, I mean, and and he's at the age two where he's plowing everything so fast that he's on to the next thing on. And, and I can barely keep up with that. So I, I try to stick to my old school, you know, UFO eye to the sky, sometimes eye to the sea. Um, you know, what's going on and, and the greater implications of all that stuff. Yeah, his his brain's going a million miles an hour and he's, uh, yeah forming forming the basis for for future weirdos like us oh dude he's gonna be the best kind of weirdo because he's got um you know we're, we're lucky to find ourselves too in like a, a great co-parenting situation miles is actually my, my stepson but the, we don't make any distinction because that's how great all of our relationships are so he's got input from four different weirdos uh that are trying to make him into like this perfect amalgamation of weirdo that can maybe take over the world and I, I do believe people that met him uh may may tend to agree with that yes yes abso absolutely uh there's a, there's a little per perfect organism thing going on there from uh, alien yeah yeah he's a super colony unto himself yep <laughs> I could see that. I could see that, and great sense of humor as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, he's warped. He's warped, and he comes by it honestly. So yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's good to be able to share that too, right? Because that's not something that uh, I think you know generations before us were exposed much to, and then didn't really talk much about if they if they did have their own kind of experiences. Um, you know, it was just always kind of like, shut up, move on, go about your day. Yeah. It's nothing. People people are going to think you're crazy, sweep it under the rug. And yeah. that's, you know, from, you know, a guy on the corner to somebody in, a, in an air traffic control tower, they just don't, didn't want you to talk about it back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that, that's the purpose of doing this show in particular is that there are more people talking about it now because yeah. more people are experiencing all kinds of these things. And um, I, not that there's not still a stigma there, but you know, I, I think let's say the past two or three years have obviously changed people's opinions about whether or not that stigma matters. So, right, right. I, I think you know the the exposure and the speed of information moving so quickly, and and, and you know also some of the old societal structures being broken down because you know like I don't I don't I don't want to get too like philosophical on it. You know like, but disclosure air quotes around disclosure because uh, I. I don't know what form that takes but once it becomes you know fully accepted and recognized there's not going to be any as many people uh whose world views and and entire foundations of what they've based their lives on won't crumble quite as much to, to find out that we're not the only ones and the world is bigger than just what's going on in our little marble oh i absolutely 100 percent agree with that uh, i think that Unless disclosure comes with some catastrophic event or something of that nature, I think most right. most people, regardless of their spirituality or lack thereof, are going to be like, "Huh, well, all right, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, right." And, and you know, you, you could argue that we've we've had a lot more time to be used to it too. I mean, you go back, and I don't remember what year this. Brookings Institute report said that you know if you if you disclose this information to the general public it'll be the end of society and civilization as we know it people just won't be able to process this uh, you know yada 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 I mean that that's had to have been at least 50 years now and we've we've concocted stuff about you know UFOs and now they call them UF UAPs uh, you know we've co concocted stuff and theories about that 
that you know even the people who are or the entities whatever they may be that are responsible for that would look at us and be like you thought fucking what about us are you out of your rabbit ass minds how would you ever come up with that so you know whatever the truth invariably ends up being or number of truths even because I, I i am a believer in not thinking that there's a neat little bow that you can wrap around this um and we can go deeper into that later as we get on but whatever those truths do end up being um will be far easily digested by current generations than they would have in past years oh i i agree 100 percent, right and and again even like the uh People who are, are heavily into their spirituality or their faith or whatever they believe in, <clears throat> I mean, they've, they should, they should be, even if they're looking at things from that angle, they shouldn't be surprised by it either, right? They may even end up assigning it, you know, some other I- identifier, whatever, but it's there. It's a thing. And it's, it's been talked about throughout right. all, all of history and all those spiritual beliefs. So it shouldn't be surprising to them in any way, shape or form that there's something else going on out there. Right. Right. And, and, you know, they've, you know, not so much said it, but they've acceded to it. Um, some of your larger religions like Catholicism, one, they have a, just a big, magnificent observatory at the Vatican that's pointed at the skies. So, you know, we're not, we're not tracking horoscopes there, I'm guessing, at the Vatican. <laughs> um, and two, you know, I, I don't know if it was the current Pope or the past Pope. So, you know, the, the, or, or maybe one of the cardinals or something, but there was an official edict that came out of the Vatican that said, you know, the existence of life beyond Earth does not, you know, preclude the fact that it could be created by their version of God. So oh, even even some of these larger organizations, I don't want to call it hedging their bets, but I'm a cynic, so that's what I'll call it. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, uh, they're just there at the uh, the observatory. There's one guy looking through the uh, the telescope, and then you know he's occasionally just like yelling to one of the other dudes like can you go down the archives and pull scroll 5 million 432 b.1 uh i'm pretty sure that that's what we got going on here right right <laughs> seen it all before or somebody has and they confiscated that knowledge from them and locked it away and right you know but this is supposed to be about things in in the guy not things underground at the vatican right alan this is a rabbit hole you didn't ask me it to can, go down with it you. can go either direction Andy. you I'm, know i'll go down any goddamn rabbit hole you want me to i'm like a chaos gremlin man you know how i am i'm like oh okay here's it now it's getting juicy right? it's gonna get good so right um and maybe we'll we'll get into that too because i do uh i do have plans for uh talking about some of that uh religion spirituality stuff and gnosticism and catholicism and islamic mysticism as well as you know at some point you got to do you have to if you're going to run one of these podcasts you have to do deep underground military bases you can't not do that uh you gotta have your phil schneider episode right <laughs> yes God yes damn it. absolutely I mean, that's lit- the literal and figurative rabbit hole yeah i mean it's <laughs> and, and you know it, it's kind of in jest but is i've got it i'm a dork so i made notes for tonight and one of my notes is like the grand unified theory of what the fuckery you know like is it all connected <laughs> what's going on out there you know does where is there a common thread that you can pull to unite some of these things because you, you see what's in the skies you you see the stories or or hear the accounts uh, of you know crazy happenings not just ufos um in the skies you know you 
USOs. You've got them underwater too, uh, you know, and, and and where these things come from, you know, and where where you decide the truth of these objects or occurrences, experiences, phenomenon are um, comes with an entire structure that has to hold true to support that. Right. And so, you know, are these aliens? Okay. Well, if they are, if they're from other worlds beyond our galaxy, solar system, you know, universe, even who knows, uh, you know, what allows them to get from there to here? Why do they want to get from there to here? What dangers are we facing due to the fact that they want to be here? Was it an accident? Okay, well, that. All right. How'd you get here then? Well, that's kind of cool. Uh, where'd you come from? You know, all those kinds of things, you know, and then if you don't think it's that, if you think it's advanced military aircraft, well, that opens up an entirely new bag of Whole onions that you got to start peeling layers <laughs> away from, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, it might not all be super interconnected, you know, a, a slice out of the same pie, but kind of feels like it's all coming out of the same bakery oh absolutely i one million percent agree with that and again i think that uh that bakery has ramped up production in recent years for sure and a lot of this is you know and i'm sure you've heard this term before but a lot of this certainly with the the ufo thing currently it, it has felt like soft disclosure for a number of years mm -hmm. right maybe even right. A, maybe even a few decades now right but it does seem to be ramping up to some degree yeah so. Yeah, you've you've had your people, you know, starting probably with a fellow like, oh, I would think, eh, I don't want to go Bob Lazar, but maybe Bob Lazar, who, if people don't know Bob Lazar, you can always Google him, but he was a guy who, who purported to work at Area 51 and beyond that, even like a super secret part of Area 51 called S4, S4. and yeah. yeah, deal with all of these, you know, um, not, not human origin craft um you know the actual ufos from aliens of intergalactic origin yada yada and and has found elements that aren't theoretically possible on our planet but don't quite exist that can power these craft and you know but but he's your first kind of government whistleblower kind of guy that people looked at like oh for real like for real for real um and and there's been holes poked in his story for years and he's never changed it and people fall on both sides of him and I can see how you can fall on both sides of him, whether he be legit or he be a fraud, but you know, some of the points that he's raised and the fact that he's never changed his story after almost 40 years now and just getting the shit hammered out of him for it too. <laughs> right? I mean, this guy's life has literally been ruined. He had um, not much to gain and everything to lose by coming forward, especially if he's, you know, running afoul of NDAs that involve top secret government work. I don't imagine what kind of hole they can throw you in and make you disappear uh, without much trouble there. And and short of making him do that, I mean, you know, he said he's gone to certain academic institutions and they've got rid of his records from those places or, or his records are missing from those places. I should say nobody got rid of them definitively, but you know, the <laughs> stuff that he claims a lot of it 
you know, you can. That's you can how your down, name. But... That's how your name ends up on a list, Andy. I'm just, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's why I'm hedging all this shit. <laughs> I had a podcast for a little while about sports, and we got really, really mouthy. So we we had to learn that allegedly is probably the best word that yes. you can you can have when you have a podcast in your repertoire. There. So yeah, allegedly, uh, you know, his records were deleted, <laughs> but yeah. you know, and and it goes on to a fellow like Stephen Greer now, who has been on this effort for full-on disclosure since like 2002 he had this you know really famous in ufo nerd circles uh the national press club meeting about disclosure mm -hmm. where he had all these government employees uh former military people former you know uh defense defense sector employees th that were all willing to testify before congress about their experiences within you know what really amounts to the the military industrial complex the defense industrial complex structure uh with ufos and and uaps and on all these phenomenon um and and you know ever since then now uh all of us all of us all of us ufo nerds are just uh, disclosures coming any day now any day now any day now any day now <laughs> meanwhile greer's put out like 18 different documentaries um mm -hmm. has really been juicing it has now had and i don't know if you've seen his newest and maybe not his newest but uh his ce5 stuff his close encounters of the fifth kind protocols that he believes that you know through doing some of these things you can call uh, otherworldly or... oh, kind of kind of leaning into the uh the interdimensionality sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. probably and, falling and back a little bit on the on the old uh alistair crowley deal there he's he's getting you know a little bit finicky i think that he hasn't got the answers that he's been seeing i don't know maybe the whole thing has been like an alistair crowley 20 20 year ritual who the hell knows for right. him i don't know i have no idea maybe now you know the 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 pot's been stirred for 20 years now and they're well, starting you gotta, to pay attention you, you gotta draw the sigil and then you gotta jerk off on it that's how well, that works you know you know and that's a whole other other bag of onions that you can get into <laughs> there too are these interdimensional things that we're seeing yeah. you know are yeah. we going to peel that one away and, and I, I tend to think that there's there's a little bit of both going on myself is what i tend to think right um uh, but yeah and we can we we will certainly delve into that as we go too but i do want to bring up before we move on through this so uh, you've got a couple personal ones we'll get to that momentarily but okay so bob lazar yes right. so after that most recent documentary and after he went on joe rogan's show and i don't know if you watch the documentary or listen to what he did on rogan or not so I played that for everybody. I played it for Kim. I played it for dad. I played it for several people that I knew, right? Both of them. Like if, if you were giving me the time of day, sorry, man, this is what we're doing. We're, <laughs> we're listening to this and we're watching this, right? And here's the thing. Even if you have no interest whatsoever in any of these subjects, you could either, and don't get me wrong, listening to him on Rogan was, was painful because he's not, he is not he doesn't have the right sort of attitude to be on a show like that you know what i mean and it was, no. it was painful to listen to him kind of struggle through it okay i didn't i did not hear that This is Alan Bishop, head alchemist of Spirits of French Lick, and host of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. With fall just around the corner, 
and the crisp air begging for bonfires, friends, and ghost stories. Be sure to pick up a bottle of our Bottled and Bond Solomon Scott Rye Whiskey. Made from a unique mash bill of 60% rye, 35% corn, and 5% victory malts, we double pot distill this rye for retention and concentration of flavor. Always non-chill filtered and matured in full-size 53-gallon New American Oak Number 2 Char Medium Toast Barrels, a full five years. Named after the legendary proprietor of the Daisy Spring Mill Distillery in Lawrence County, Indiana. Remember, respect the grain and always drink responsibly. Not really a, a bullshitter kind of guy. He, no. he seems very objective. And at this point of everything now, too, uh, I'd imagine there's very little fun left in any of this for him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all about reclamation of, you know, whatever reputation he can at this point. Yeah. And, and, and maybe getting that story back out there during a time when it can be accepted and, and at least, you know, taken with more open eyes and ears than it was in the past. So I, I doubt that, you know, and I don't listen to much Rogan, but I know he's just self-professed barrel full of monkeys kind of shit, whatever over there. Um, so I don't doubt that that his story and his countenance for things at this point probably wasn't that. Are you talking about the, uh, was it a guy's name? Jeremy Corbell documentary? Yes. Yes. Okay. And his story was the same. It was the same yeah. story that you've heard a million times. Yeah. It was just painful to, to kind of listen to the way, you know, and it's a different format for him. But the thing that everybody I showed either of those two, came away with like if you ask them like hey do you think this guy's believable they all think he's believable right and i i told him like here's the thing like even if only let's say 75 percent of what he's saying mm. actually occurred right that's still <laughs> that's still fucking pretty incredible pretty fucking major <laughs> revelation <laughs> so Nuts. you know and and why here's the thing if he made all this shit up okay a why the hell isn't isn't he writing science fiction novels? Okay, first of all, yeah. B, what did he gain from it? There's never yeah. been there's yeah. never been a store. There's never been at least nothing official nope. from him. There's never been merchandise. It doesn't seem like he's made any money off of it. No, he hasn't. He has. He's lost. He has. He has lost whatever you know whatever prestige he might have had in the industry um, for of what he did for for the defense contractors and and working you know, in aerospace and, and yeah. alternative propulsion, he's persona non grata and literally every company that has a government contract, uh, it, it's just not going to happen for him. So yeah, he, he pissed his life away with this, but I don't think he sees it as pissing his life away. Um, he traded it in service to what he feels is something mm -hmm. that the world needs to know about. And as is so often true, um, with people who have noble motives like that yeah just get shit on well and that's that's the thing that i find so compelling about his story right and is it if if he is everything that he says that he was he actually has all the background that he says he does despite this this obvious lack of records uh for whatever purpose that serves right he's always maintained that he himself was not interested in you know aliens interdimensional beings whatever the hell you want to classify it as it was the technology that interested yeah, him. It was the science, you know, because yeah. he's he's a scientist, and, right? And, and that's always what he's maintained. And and no, I, to my knowledge, there never has been any efforts to, you know, sell his story or, or monetize anything. And yeah. and even now, I don't think that 
that story is so poisoned that he couldn't go make some money off of it now. Oh, I, I believe he could in this current environment, but the fact that he's never jumped to that, um, you know, knowing that maybe people would view it with a side eye. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think that that is his motive in doing that. I think his motive in doing that is as pure as it always has been. And that it's just information that he wanted to get out because he believes that, you know, here's another layer to the damn onion. If this stuff is accessible to us, um, you know, what are the implications for the energy economy of the globe as a whole? Yeah. Well, it's got to be fucked too, because you think about it, you know, when he when he first came out with that story, that was like, that was a hot topic, or, you know, early on. And, you know, then it, you, you didn't hear anything from him for years and years and years because he got so much shit out of it. And now because like we were just talking about with, you know, whatever you want to call it, soft disclosure or shit, there's so much going on. We can't control it anymore. We better start to tell people something. Right now. It's, it's a safer space to tell that story in and new people are listening to it and going, well, that doesn't sound that crazy to me anymore, you know? No, no. And, and again, some of that is the, you know, the, the men in black movies and independence days, and you know, right. I keep saying, you know, Will Smith stuff, but there's more than just Will Smith <laughs> movies that we all got used to aliens and UFOs with, but it, it isn't the, we're, uh, I'm debating like the in, world's kind. in the future, like when you, when you come back on for five and 10 minute segments, or we have you on for a whole show, whether I'm going to call it, you know, the unified theory of fuckery i think she said <laughs> or just uh will smith stuff <laughs> as long as as long as i get to slap somebody as soon as i come on oh we'll we'll start it off with uh with the audio <laughs> that's where we'll go with that will but... smith slap me <laughs> so yeah you'd mentioned you had a couple of uh, uh personal stories mm -hmm. small ones and uh yeah let's touch on those and then let's uh let's dive a little deeper into all this stuff what? Sorry, Red's yelling at me here. No, we are leaving Jada out of that mix because that's how people actually get smacked. We're talking about like figurative. <laughs> I ain't slaps, scared. But I ain't scared. Unified, unified theories of fuckery. Uh, you know the Smith corollary. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> so my my uh, my experiences. Uh, first one was actually last spring or spring twenty two. I was just driving down the main drag in town here heading south um kind of at the top of a hill going down and i'm looking out over you know the the horizon because it's it's a point in town where you can see a fair amount of you know the skyline i use that term loosely because there's really not one here but uh you know you can see the most of the cell tower on top of the bigger hill in town from where i'm driving at so that's what i'm kind of looking up and around and something glints and and i look over to probably like you know 11 o'clock in my in my front windshield and i thought it was just maybe a, a water speck on my windshield but it wasn't there was a there was an orb floating in the sky i i have no idea how high up it would have been i have no idea uh how big it would have been i had nothing to scale it by um but no sooner did I slap Miles on the shoulder because I was picking him up from from after school and and we were heading home after I got off work. So this is like 5:30 or so in spring. So sun was still fully illuminating the sky um, and it was very very cloud free that day. So I I don't you know I don't think it was any kind of 
small little odd cloud refracting light or it definitely wasn't any kind of commercial aircraft because there were no jet trails visible to or from where I saw it. Um, and no sooner did I go to slap Miles on the shoulder like, dude, orb, uh, it was gone. <laughs> and there was nothing residual on my windshield before I like flipped on my wipers to make sure it wasn't a rock chip or anything like that. As in Miles, there's not any, there's not any water droplets or anything. No, I don't see anything. Where was it? What was it? I missed it. Are you serious? Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. I keep telling you to look up more, dude. You just don't do it. And not just from his phone, like, you know, look up above shoulder level, like, you know, yeah. look up at the sky, dude, there might be some stuff going on there. Um, right. you never Pay know, attention. So. Pay attention. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to see if you don't look. So that one was that. Um, and, and it was, you know, just a quick little brief one. And uh, nothing, nothing too impressive, but but fun nonetheless. And then the other one is a little more unexplained. Um, we were i say we my my friend shelty and i my longest time buddy from from back home where i grew up uh his family had a cabin up in the north woods of wisconsin and we would go out night fishing uh we were on vacation this would have been probably late july early august so we were up in the woods there and we had his boat out that night and it was kind of a weird night on the boat anyways because we found a mouse that had made a home there but it was pitch black out there and we were like walleye fishing the depths with minnows uh and we just kept hearing scurrying around the boat and we were you know drunk teenagers so it was really really fucking with us right so oh this mouse so we found the mouse finally and we tried to you know kind of hidey hole it somewhere where, where it could do any more damage to dad's boat but it ended up running away and jumping off the boat like, oh, damn it. You know, so we're bummed about the mouse. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so we were, we were already on high alert, though, is the point of that one. So gets to be about 45 minutes or an hour into fishing. And, and the moon is clearly up on the other side of the lake that we're at. And we see a big orange ball just appear and i don't know how long it was there or what what kind of caused it to form or what it looked like, like when it did take shape i don't know how all that happened but we know that you know the moon was off to our our right and this thing was off to our left and when we saw it it was an orange sphere uh glowing orange globe i mean it looked like a, a, a fiery sun in the middle of the night and you could tell it was rotating it was spinning and I look at him like, dude, are you seeing this? Is this happening? He's like, no, I'm, I'm seeing that. This is there. And, and no sooner did we register it, uh, then it just poof, it was gone. So, um, you know, we get back to the cabin and we are so perplexed by this that we're not worried about his parents like smelling that we've been drinking wine and coke for the last three hours. Uh, we, we were like, hey, hey we saw this thing what the hell could it have been you know we told him all about the glowing orange orb the the sun at night the mm -hmm. the rotating of it oh that's the northern lights like get me no. get the fuck out of here. not a chance not right. a chance you know yeah. and and admittedly i'm from you know piss hill prairies that have zero elevation and no kind of you know connection to any kind of borealis's 
<laughs> right, right, kind, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wouldn't really know it if I saw it. But from what I understand, the way it, it, it presents itself, I mean, these are these are what like cosmic waves hitting Earth's magnetosphere yeah. kind of thing. This is not what that was. Right. This is not that. I, I know definitively that that doesn't look like a rotating ball above a tree line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where was it in the rest of the goddamn sky if that was in fact it? You know, it's just that same swamp yeah. gas kind of bullshit. Right. You know what I'm ball, saying? It's ball lightning. Exactly. Lightning. Yes. <laughs> yes. So but that one's interesting too because, uh, and it, I don't think I've released it yet. I think it's on one of the uh, crossover episodes I'm doing with Highly Spirited with McNew, but. I did a, uh, a filled with recording with dad. Uh, he told me the story. I remember from when I was a kid um, about something really similar that happened here across the highway when he was a kid. Uh, big orange spinning ball of light, basically. Um, uh, he, he described it as having a separate set of uh, kind of a darker area that he thought looked like it might have had some markings on it. Okay. Uh, basically hovered across the hill right above the tree line for... Uh, some amount of time, my grandma and my grandpa both saw it as well. All right. Um, you know, and the, when I ask him, you know, what's the best way you could describe it? And he goes, well, you know, if you ever see like the uh, the balloon glow for like the Derby, right? Like if you had an orange balloon, but it was it was it wasn't shaped like a balloon. It was spherical. Uh-huh. Right. It okay. would look like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, and I ask him I'm like, hey, you sure it wasn't a hot air balloon? He's like, no, it wasn't a hot air balloon because. They all saw it. The uh, the gentleman who owned the gas station at the time, he saw it as well. Yeah. Um, people were stopping on the highway and watching it. Uh, so yeah, very similar, similar, similar anomaly there. Right. And and you know, one, I'm never going to tell Old Dale Bishop that he's full of shit. But you can't tell that many people that they're full of shit. Right. You know, they know what they saw. They know that it was not ordinary. They know, mm-hmm. you know, that they've, they've seen that balloon before. They know what that looks like. They know they what it know looks that, like. They know that yeah. wasn't it. Well, and what was what was really interesting about a story. So <clears throat> my grandpa was always super secretive about and I don't know if he had to be secretive about any of it or not, but he'd been in World War Two. He worked for the army. He was tech five. So he was out in the Philippines, like literally the guys that were like putting down like the emergency runways and shit. Right. Uh, dealing with all manner of aircraft, seeing all the stuff that was out there at the time. And uh, I asked Dad about Grandpa's reaction to it, and he's like, he got up, he looked at it, he kind of said, hmm, and then went and sat back down in the chair. So there's that little thing in my head like, had he seen something like that before? Right? It was a you know? fucking Foo Fighter. That's right. God right. damn it. Yeah, if I ignore it, it'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> if but you're I, lucky. Yeah, but I, I, you know, that just strikes me as odd that that's what he would say, you know? But, yeah. Uh, yeah and and you know when you have more people seeing that stuff you know you go back to the the phoenix lights i think is is probably the most most prevalent american mass sighting that there was mm-hmm. um you know people people caught that from different angles and saw it in different ways and experienced it in different ways but those aren't flares man yeah. that's not that's not how flares behave you know mm-hmm. and and to try and tell the entire population of, of a U.S. metro area and the tens of thousands of people who saw that that night, that that's what that was, is it's bullshit. It's pedantic. It's it's insulting. And the various and it's why it's not going to work anymore. Yeah. The various crashes. Right. Whether it's Roswell or the one in Pennsylvania. Right. Aztec right? before Roswell. Yeah. yeah or you but, go back to which Trinity in like 1899 in yeah. Texas before shit was even flying around in the air. Yep. And the number of people they tried to convince that were there that saw these things, oh, it was just a weather balloon. Right. 
Right. Okay. And some number of those people, because let's face it, especially at that time, if you do find something weird, right? And let's say that there were bodies involved in it. All right. It's a traumatic experience. Some of those people are going to listen to your bullshit and go, well, maybe that's really what I saw. Cause I don't want to admit that I saw right. what, I, what I actually did. Right. Right. The brain has defense mechanisms that it'll put itself mm -hmm. through to guard them from uncomfortability for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the reasons too. I, I think all of us have that, like people who've had like really in-depth experiences with the with mm -hmm. paranormal or supernatural, uh, you know, sometimes it's weird when you go to think about it in hindsight and you go, well, did that really happen? And I think that's literally your brain going, uh, if, you, right. if you don't think it happened, it's not going right. to bother you anymore. Right. So we don't have to do this unless you really want to do right. this. Well, and I had this, you know, we did, uh, the, the two episodes about what happened on the farm. And one of the things that I mentioned there, and I hesitated to even bring it up was the, the little thing. And I don't know if I ever told you that story, if you heard that or not, but there was, um, there was a night I was coming back home. And there was what I can only describe as it looked like a Cessna, but there was no like real cockpit or anything like that. Uh, and it literally took off just straight up into the air. No sound, uh, no, okay. no nothing. Took off straight up into the air and was gone. Right. And I have no doubt my brain saw Cessna because my brain had to see a Cessna. Right. But that's not what the hell it was. That's the only thing my brain could latch onto and go, all right. Maybe it's not that weird, but Cessnas don't take <laughs> off like that. No, there, there were no visible propellers on this thing. And even if it was a Cessna, why the fuck is it in my driveway? It's doing here, goddammit. Yeah. Right. So or, 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 you know, and then that's one of my other things, too. Like, you know, we've we've got these sightings from now that we are putting in our current frame of reference. And we've got sightings from past times. Like, you know, maybe you saw some some weird drone technology yeah. Uh, that we don't we don't know yet. But, you know, you can take this even further back into in, antiquity. You know, they they experienced stuff and and then processed it. You know, what was their version of a Cessna? Well, it's got to be an angel. You right. know, that's, that's what that is. It came from the sky. It uh, you know, it was super powerful. It was making all kinds of, of you know, aerial maneuvers going back and forth. Uh, I gotta call that you know that's that's an angel for them you know it, it's right it was miraculous it, to him it, right right it was with the, the story of the 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 stun stopping in the sky and the, and the cross being illuminating the battlefield for you know the entire afternoon to give enough daylight to the victors no nah, that was probably some kind of you know ufo but you didn't know what the hell to, to call that back in the day. You know, these some of these things in, in paintings. And I, I, I realize that, that sometimes I start sounding a little ancient aliens here. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I, I enjoy that. I, I think it's fun. I think it's entertaining. But I think it's, it's not a credible path to start going down for a couple different reasons. Uh, one, and, and mostly because you start to deny the potential for human ingenuity. I do agree with when, that. When you, yeah. when you when you take that out of out of the hands of the potential and purported creators of a lot of these things, um, it, it's not really like doing a service to us as a species. Um, yeah. And and I think the reason that we don't know how to do these things anymore is because, you know, I, I'm of a generation. You know, people are going to slap me when they want to get. I don't know how to drive a goddamn manual transmission, <laughs> right? 
right? You know, so it stands to reason that people living shortly after them aren't going to know how to melt rocks into making Peruvian forts high up in the tree lines. You know, (laughs) you you lose that shit over time if you don't stay in tune with it. It, it, It's it's we've moved away from from a, a societies that are trying to create and find solutions that are natural based and in harmony with nature and using the things that nature has already provided mm-hmm. uh, to uh, fuck it. I'm just going to fist this in here and make it work. Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and then there's, there's a whole other rabbit hole there. We can go down sometime too with advanced technology and all that stuff, but I will say this and I'm not, um, I'm not big on, on most of the ancient alien sort of, uh, there's some of it that makes sense to me. And the part that makes sense to me is this. And, you know, we talked about the different possibilities, whether these things are coming from, you know, somewhere else actually physically in the same realm that we're in, or Mm -hmm. some of, some of these things are of a, uh, an interdimensional sort of characteristic. Sure. And I, I do think I have zero doubt about this. And, and obviously, you know, I have my version of spirituality that I'm into, and things that I've experienced through that. Uh, I do think that some of these stories that you get, some of the stories through antiquity, uh, some of the events that happened throughout antiquity, um, some of the cults that were developed throughout antiquity, especially the ones that leaner lean a little bit more on the, um, the darker side of things. Okay. I, have, I have no doubt that there were things coming through and sometimes people were calling them in. And right. they, they were giving them information and they were giving them, giving them information, especially if they are, let's say, lower dimensional beings. I've talked about this on the show several times that you, they're going to give them information that gives them energy, right? That helps bring them into this world and make them relevant to this right. world, because how else do they get you to pay attention to them? But by that, yeah. and the quote that I always go back to, and I've probably used this quote now three times on the show and I don't care because it's still it. This one always got me and it's in the Quran and uh, it's it's a quote about the jinn. Right, and the jinn are not exactly what people think they are. They're not. No, no. They're they're not anything with you know one Islam or two religion. When it's painted to be not quite in line with the tenets of anything in that religion, then it's automatically bad. Right. So one of the things that they say in the Quran is that the uh, the jinn live at uh, uh, right angles to us, which is kind of creepy, right? This there's a thing around the corner that you can't see. Maybe you don't even know the corner's there. But the follow up statement's the one that gets me. And the follow-up statement is, and they have neighbors. What the fuck are the ah! neighbors? What the fuck are the neighbors, right? The the gin is one thing, but what are the neighbors? That's fantastic. Well, and, and that quote right there, and and I think especially given that it's um, you know, tied to to Islam, which has always been a little more permissible with some mysticism mm-hmm. and also math and science at the same time, too, though. So it's had that kind of harmony of you know this world and the next um but that statement at living at right angles uh that makes me call to mind you know the the paradigm of the two-dimensional beings living on the tabletop that can't possibly fathom uh seeing the third dimension person living all around them because they're only seeing what's in their plane they're only seeing their home um you know and then as far as neighbors i would prefer not to know (laughs) This is Alan Bishop of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Are you interested in distilled spirits, the production thereof, tastings, 
Well, let me tell you about a cooperative group of some of my best friends and favorite podcasters in the industry, the Bar Cart Co-op. The Bar Cart Co-op is made up of several unique spirits-based content creators. Do you love music? The stories behind the music? How about the way that music influences the people who craft your favorite independent spirits? Be sure to check out Kevin Rose and Drew Crawley with special guests on the Bourbon Turntable. Are craft spirits reviews, good laughs, and big personalities your thing? Check out my brothers Patrick and Mike on My Whiskey Den every Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern. Patrick and Mike bring in the best of craft spirits, review them, and have a great time on their show. What a better way to follow up the shittiest first day of the week anyways. Do deep dives into distilling methodology with a diverse group of distillers the world over aimed at both home and legal distillers interest you? Then check out my other show with my co-host Christy Atkinson, Distillers Talk, available wherever you get your podcasts. How about Victorian era cocktails? My brother Brian Cushing, the Victorian man, has you covered over on YouTube via the Victorian Barroom. For more information, check out barcartcoop.com. Well, and that's what, like what you just said, you know, the, the way that, that things can interact from a higher dimension into a lower dimension, etc. You know, you, you have to question like, all right, so if there was something, if there is, if any of this interdimensional shit is real, right? And there's something from a higher dimension than us that can interact with us, let's say. Mm. Um, and if, presumably, and I don't know how all this shit works, but I'm going to presume if it's from a higher dimension, uh, you wouldn't think that it would need any kind of energy or anything from us. So why would a, why would a being of, of some higher dimension than what we, we are a part of have any reason to interact with us other than just to toy with us? Right. And, you know, in the same way that you... Uh, you know, you create a uh, a character like Deadpool, right? In Marvel <laughs> Comics, that's aware that he's being fucked with by <laughs> okay. by the creator. You know, <laughs> that has to be some form of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, and and you wouldn't think that something that's that powerful, um, you know, outside of maybe needing the doorway into a different world, mm-hmm. would want to be under the thumb of something that right it would see as lesser. But if there's something of a, uh, and this is again that quandary, if there's something of a lower dimension that again becomes aware, just like, you know, we become aware as spiritual beings of, in whatever any of us believe in, if we believe in anything at all, mm-hmm. that we want that interaction, right? And and maybe we don't go about it the right way. And maybe that's what's happening with some of this stuff. It's an accident. Right. A shitty accident. Right. Kids that are, uh, you know, playing around with parents' guns without knowing the the true power of them kind of thing and blowing off toes kind of shit. Right. Right. So with vast consequences. mm -hmm. Yeah. And all that brings up and and I I bring up the interdimensional thing uh, and I don't even want to say the name of the place because it's so damn, you know, talked about so much now, but there's more than, than one of these places. It's just that this is the most common one that you always hear about now is Skinwalker Ranch, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure. curious what your take on that is. Well, I have uh, I have started slowly pulling red into the world of weirdness. Uh, you know, the last the last few years, the greater strains of society. She's like, I don't want to see anything serious. 
give me something that's like you let's, know let's watch but, bigfoot stuff yes we have watched so much bigfoot shit and it's been <laughs> so enjoyable i've really really loved it i've i've enjoyed sharing it with her we've watched all the all the new seasons of uh of the skinwalker ranch history channel show which you know again just like anything with ancient aliens or pretty much anything that's on you know cable or subscription tv is going to be done with an entertainment eye this week on oak island they don't find shit okay for one fuck that show until (laughs) the end of time fuck it fuck it fuck it i hope their ratings suck and it's just more money going down into that pit for fucking for for history channel over the right what, up, eight nine seasons it's been on right oh up there with God. ice road truckers <laughs> <laughs> that one at least make your palms sweat a little bit you know because nothing's gonna happen at oak island without it being actual news to the main world oh I mean, yeah enough enough of an actual you know legend and enough of a mythology and and you know real happenings and death and and lives being ruined over the damn place has happened that you're not going to be able to keep a lid on that i'm sorry it's not happened so you know by the time they come back from commercial break that shit hasn't changed and it's (laughs) yeah i think i gave that one about a season and a half and i realized like you know what you are oak island you dumb shit turn this (laughs) off right right so yeah um all right so but yeah just... skinwalker yeah long story short um i i think you know yes there are and, and i don't and lines maybe that's a place where there's intersecting you know gravitational and electromagnetic stuff and we know that that can cause physical problems with people um but you know there are things that are that are hard to ignore too just just like any of this you know there's there's layers there and and there is no neat bow that you can wrap around it i think it's i think it's possible that there is a really really crazy thing going on there but i also think it's possible that there's just you know a lot of sky and you can see a lot of weird shit in a lot of sky if you're Mm -hmm. looking hard enough so yeah yeah. yeah, it's a it's one of those things where I, I think I think there's something there. I do, but I don't think that it is as presented by a lot of documentarians, Corbell included there. I didn't hate his, but I didn't think it was, you know, it got a little sensationalist for me. And, and you know, the History Channel show, I like the purported scientific bent that they're trying to take with it. And it is entertaining. Uh, I do love that. That that guy, Travis Taylor, is just a fun-loving son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> and me and Jolie are always bagging on, on the other guy, um, the one that calls himself Dragon, because, right. you know, goddamn well he gave himself that nickname, and that's not oh, okay. Yeah, yeah nobody, nobody gave him that nickname. Nope, Absolutely. not a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's it's not a cool nickname like popcorn that you get from beating the shit out of a popcorn machine with a with a you know with a pool cue. So yeah, yeah, no story leads to to dragon unless it has angry in front of it, and then uh, that's the more important part of your nickname, <laughs> <laughs> right? But exactly. it, that doesn't have anything to do with UFOs or well, I don't know, it depends on your definition <laughs> of skinwalkers. But anyways, yeah, I digress. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting proposition to think that uh you know there are you know you've got to take into account the history of places as well and i have no doubt that the location of that place 
um, given the past warring between tribes that have occurred there, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's 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 some haunted shit there. You know, there's there's Absolutely. a lot of angry and anguished blood that was spilled over that mm-hmm. place over the years, and I don't think that washes away very very well over time. Right, especially if you start poking and prodding, um, you know, and not leaving stuff well enough alone. Uh, but the other thing that is intriguing and maybe only because of its absence is all the time that fucking Bigelow spent out there and the money that he spent out there. And we just don't know shit about. Yeah. It. And that's that's what I suspect. I mean, you know, he spent that, all that money and time out there. And, and I do think it's probably a place of very high strangeness. I do think that the and I say this from the experiences I had here at our farm. I do think those original accounts I do think they were legit again because they they weren't making any money off of this, right? Right. This didn't become a money making thing until much later on, uh, so I have no reason to think that they aren't legit. I also think there's probably some amount of, you know, maybe conditions have to be right at a certain time. Maybe it it has something to do with who you are, how perceptive you are, how it interacts with you. But if there was anything to be found there, you know, he fucking found it. Yeah, it's not there anymore. No, that that's one hundred percent right. They they right. they took it, you know, whatever artifact or mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know if they would have filled in mine shafts, you know, deep under military bases and all, you know. Right, I, you're right. There there's no cookies left in that jar. No, you know, no, there's, there's there's some residual weirdness there, and and you know maybe it is an intersection of some kind of. De- dimensionality stuff going on yeah. or you know that could be like on the super highway between fucking like Dugway and Wright Patterson kind of thing right. too and that's where the weird shit flies over to get to where the weird shit goes in a hangar yep I- <laughs> well and it could just be residual stuff too because you know you mentioned you know you get into some of the Native American stuff and and this goes into a, a little bit of um, what used to be all alternative archaeology but more and more so historically we're starting to see that there was definitely something going on not only in the West, but across the uh, across the Southeast and the Midwest, where we're at, uh, where there seems to be some very heavy Mesoamerican cultures that were influencing the cultures that were here. You know, now you're dealing with, um, you know, high trauma sort of stuff, right? Uh, mm. the, the gods are angry, and it's uh, it might be time to uh, to sacrifice somebody, sort of shit. So, oh. uh, and and there's more and more of that being discovered every day. Um, all over the place uh, from from out there all the way like I said to where we're at so you know you start getting into that now you're now you're dealing with you know some amount of again let's call it ritual magic or, or whatever you want to look at it as sure. and now maybe we're dealing with some of that interdimensional stuff again unified theory of fuckery dude that's right that's right hey, that's what these shows are all about it, it is it is you know in jest but it's it's impossible to separate all these things it really really truly is because you know just like religion and faith and spirituality um you know you can't call one right without calling everything else wrong you know what i'm saying and nobody's allowed to corner that market it's the same thing with this for me in my mind anyways yeah you know if you're calling one of these explanations right well then by extension you're calling everything else wrong and that just doesn't right. fucking work yep and that, that's it, it's that's how it goes it's not we get that our, simple until we get our finger on the pulse of it one way or the other and i'm not sure that we'll entirely Let's say even uh, even they come out full disclosure, right? And and let's say that it's all things that happen in our reality. And let's say that these are other physical beings that are different from us from somewhere else, but it's from our reality. 
what happens then when there's still weird shit going on, right? And it's not connected to them. Right. Right. You haven't you haven't put enough eggs in the right basket to get people to move on with their lives then and you have therefore over tipped your hand saying, Well, fuck, we don't really know then. So maybe that's why they haven't <laughs> haven't come out and said anything. I mean, honestly, they, they can't know all of it yeah. because I don't think anybody's capable and that's that's another thing you know like we said you know you put this in terms that your brain can understand um, they did it throughout the history of time and they're we're doing it in terms that we can understand with with our current frame of societal pop culture historical references you know yeah. shared experiences we're grasping it as much as we possibly can right now which I think is more than any any time along the way has been able to grasp it but I still don't think that, you know, especially if it's interdimensional or, you know, extra galactic or parallel universe kind of stuff, we can't wrap our heads around that right. shit. Well, and that's that's what's going to be really crazy when somebody finally does come here that's willing to be out in the open, let's say. Right. And we go to them. We go. Maybe they're way more advanced than we are. Right. And they yeah. maybe, maybe they take pity on us. Right. So they're gonna they're gonna take all of our dumb questions. <laughs> we're gonna right. we're gonna say best case scenario they take all of our dumb questions and nothing violent happens, which is probably not gonna be the case because we're no. generally pretty uh, stupid. Uh, generally. But <clears throat> you know, maybe maybe we go, well, uh, do you have weird stuff happen where you're from? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, right. Well, do you yeah. do you know what it is? <laughs> no. Well, do you have any explanation for it? And I hope it comes off as like the most like joe dirt response ever like why is the sky blue <laughs> you know we don't know we don't know that's awesome so and right? I, sus I suspect that that'll be the case you know i really do and i mean i think that that's part of um any intelligent species part of the endeavor is wanting the answers to those questions mm -hmm. not, not just the standard questions and the the standard science but why does weird shit happen right so right. you know, and that's what that's what forces you to evolve as a species, I think. So and and, and that ceiling, you know, if as sci-fi nerds know, once you have it all figured out, well, then you just fucking ascend. You turn into light, and nobody <laughs> sees you anymore, and you just go affect the happenings of the galaxy on your own. But and, well, that's that that also calls to mind another interesting point. What's going to be proof enough? You right. know, what's 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 finally going to be bashed over our head hard enough collectively for us to buy it? And I don't know that that exists. Not unless it's something that, that you know, through the, the the plane of existence that we live in, that everybody can, you know, use their, their five or let's say even six senses to to figure out, right? Yeah. Like you can't you can't go to go to Mars and actually take a picture of some ruins and be like, hey, there used to be life here. Because listen, we're still dealing with a, a world where people are like, God put dinosaur bones here to fuck with us. <laughs> not real here, here right. comes here comes the hate mail the fossil record is contrived <laughs> right allegedly <laughs> allegedly sorry, <yes>. sorry. <laughs> yeah you got to go to that vatican vault again to uh to figure that one out yeah yeah <laughs> I, and, and then it might have to be different things to different people different societies different cultures yeah. but it's going to have to all come from the same place it's going to have to be like oh what was that fucking shitty abc show v Oh, so yeah. gonna have to like project in different languages simultaneously to the world 
Uh, about you know. to drop into David Icke territory there. Be careful. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, we're we're cool now. If you ask Miles, because uh, Queen Elizabeth died. <laughs> she, was, she was the last great reptilian if you ask right. the boy god we are screwing that kid up so so acutely it's not even funny but it's it's all right you know it's <laughs> you know it's crazy though and 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 we don't we don't have to go deep here and this this may be a, a good uh a good ending spot for your first intro show because sure. i'm definitely i'm gonna have you back multiple times one way or the other but it's interesting you know her son and he's bragged about this in the past is a direct descendant of Vlad the Impaler. Like, what are the fucking chances that you're a descendant of Vlad the Impaler? Uh, you mean Vlad Dracul? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Quite, quite interesting. Man. Yeah, he, uh, he he made a joke about it, dude. You can look it up. He's talking about it. And he's talking about how he's a descendant. He's talking, and they, how did he say it? He said, so you could say, and he's trying to be funny, and of course it doesn't come off funny at all. Right. He says, so you could say, I have a stake in Transylvania. Oh, Christ. <laughs> That's awful. And right. when you look like that, you should not be making any jokes about subsisting on human hemoglobin. That's yeah. a fucking non-starter there. I'm dropping that sample on the show, too. That's happening for sure. <laughs> the genealogy shows that I'm descended from Vlad the so I do have a bit of a stake in the country. As it were. <laughs> I have a stake in Transylvania. Did he pause at all? Was he waiting oh, yes. for any he kind was, of community? He was, he was waiting for like the, the very polite like English chuckle. Ah, uh, right. The 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 tea lift with the with the yes. pinky out. Oh Charles. Yeah. Oh Charles. That's <laughs> King Chuck. Fuck you, Chuck. Right. Suck it. Right. I don't have a king. Uh, I saw that and I thought, well, that that seems rather fitting. But you know that that ties into all that kind of uh, bloodline sort of stuff, you know. Which um, right? you know, you don't have to believe in any of the, uh, let's say, conspiracy theories to know that that shit's real because it's clearly real. You can look yeah. up the, the family trees and see that they were, you know, they're keeping it in the family. And they changed they changed that name to Windsor. It didn't start that way. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they don't we don't we don't they don't talk about that though. You don't you know they you're not allowed to do not want you to talk about that. <laughs> no, no. They just spent like a week and a half making sure the world didn't talk didn't about talk that. about it ever. Uh, <laughs> like that uh that article that came back uh came out uh Oh, when was it? it was maybe a couple years ago, you know. And uh, I'm trying to think what the what, the, and it should be on the tip of my tongue because I'm usually into all this stuff. But uh, you know, the the tomb of the uh, the king that they found in England underneath a parking lot. Hmm, why could that be? Because maybe it's not, you know, been the same royal family all along. Trying to cover up a a, a reign or two or three. Right. Yeah, right. Dude, it's. It, that's the the quest for power, and and that ties into this too. I mean, the the reason you keep all this secret is because it helps you maintain your power, whether through, yeah. you know, political, spiritual, economic subjugation. You know, once once people are well informed, once people know more, once people are empowered with, you know, freedom mm -hmm. that isn't based on you know traditional systems. Um, you know, old old systems apart, and and there's real heavy investment in old systems staying the way that they are as oh, absolutely. current systems. Well, and and you take this into account too, right? There's there's some there's power in 
mysticism, right? And so regardless of what anyone believes spiritually or metaphysically, etc., sometimes, especially with these people who are in power and they pass power down through their genetics, etc., and their inheritance, it's not so much whether or not they even believe that there's there's something mystical about that. It's the illusion that they put onto everyone else. Right. Right. Seeing that and going, well, there's got to be something to that. And that in itself is a, is a form of, of power. Of power. <laughs> it's a form of magic as well. It's, it's it a, really is. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it, it's very much in that, um, even, even in the more recent, you know, stuff, it's very much in that sort of, uh, you know, Anton LaVey, I am my own God sort of thing. And it's all about what is your perception of me? And if your right. perception of me doesn't match what I want it to be, I'm going to make it match what I yeah. want it to be. Yeah. Fucking fake it till you make it. That's right. On an right. imperial scale. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot easier to do when you're wearing a crown, I think. So, well, and, and it's, it's a lot easier to do when you have the ability to restrict you know you you don't have that ability so much anymore and and you know we can keep that somewhat current even too you, you look at, at the protests in iran right now they they're there might be a reckoning coming with that because you are not able to convince people of what you want them and need them more often yeah. than not need them to believe uh because they don't have to listen to just you anymore. You know, they can, they can go here, they can go there and then they can share. And, you know, echo chambers aren't always a good thing, but sometimes echo chambers are great because it can cause collective mobilization and, mm -hmm. and action and movement in directions that benefit more people and benefit, you know, the populace as a whole more yeah. often than just a select few that stand to benefit off stuff like that well look at look at saudi arabia and, and look at uh you know the way that things there get manipulated and played off of and you know not only that but even even let's let, we'll ignore any human rights issues whatever on that right people people can find that information but this is one of those things that's always annoyed me like listen find your sovereign country whatever and and your people will hopefully figure out how to handle all those situations as they go right but when you see what you don't see and you don't hear is is how many of these what should be world heritage sites they destroy right right the the, the amount of information about humanity which let's be very clear they don't own that we no. all own that right and right. that's something I, I very much believe across all cultures like i don't care where you come from who you are what color you are Sure. All of that world heritage belongs to all of us. Right. Fuck you for thinking that you can keep that from us. No, and, and I, I, I have no problem with, you know, the countries of origin being the custodians of that, but I, right. I do not think that they should be, you know, the arbiters of what information becomes available to mm -hmm. people. I mean, it's put it out there, let us decide. You know, most of us don't have the mental capacity to put together something that falls outside of the prescribed narrative that you want but if somebody does let them question and then if you can't tear them down then adjust your shit you know let's right. not let's not be afraid of learning because it takes power away from a certain people that that have a vested benefit in keeping that power you yeah. know that information that power that heritage and and as a result you know where we can head based off that stuff 
and who we are um, as as a as a universal people. Because you know, if it belongs to all of us, then it is all of our history, and it, and you know, it should be used to unite, not separate. Yeah, and even even if it's as as trite as you know, even and I, I don't think this is trite. I'm just from a, a average person's perspective, right? Even if it's as simple as pushing back, you know, human civilization five thousand years that changes everything push it back another ten thousand years that changes and they're literally these are the places you want to be they tend to be the places that were the cradle of civilization that you want to be looking for that stuff anyways right right maybe, maybe your answer about how you melt rocks <laughs> right yeah. that's want to know how to melt rocks Alan. right right well you know you, you get you're curious about it they make enough damn tv shows about it <laughs> hey what's going on at sexy woman <laughs> Plus, it's fun to say, and I finally get to say this because every time I say that, it's just me saying like a really heavily accented version of "sexy woman." Yep. So it comes out as "sexy woman." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's Touché. such a relief to be. Able to that's been in my head for like thirteen fucking years, and I've never been able to have an outlet to say this, that where it could be understood. I feel validated as a person. This is the uh, the first bucket list item that has ever been reached <laughs> on this show. I just want you to be aware of that. Making fucking dreams come true, Alan. That's You're right. a tremendous right. person. Cheers I, to you. I'm 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 actually proud of myself to be to be honest with you. So I think that's a fantastic place to stop. Not to tell you yes. how to run your show, but that seems to be a high point. I- Bourbon, scotch, cognac, gin any type of spirit that you get a chance to taste transports you to a new and very interesting universe hi i'm jack Pigadou. on the street i'm known as a hood sommelier and what i do is i love to taste new spirit and educate people on how to appreciate each spirit that they put their nose or their taste bud into. Follow me on this journey and help me guide you on appreciating every spirit that you touch. Remember, the truth is bearer proof. See you next time. Hey, Metalheads. I'm Mark, and I host Metal Forge. Let me tell you about the show. The Metal Forge features the best underground metal from all over the world. We spend every week with a different artist with interviews, in-depth conversations, and most of all, the music. We also feature audience interactivity where you can submit your questions to the upcoming guests. New episodes are out every Friday at noon Eastern Time at MetalForgeRadio.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts.